Hello, everybody. This is Othman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Steve. Hey, Steve. How's it going, Othman? Good, good, good. Some crazy news tonight. Man, of all nights to start this, we got yeah. <laughs> probably the biggest news we've had in years. Yeah. Retirement-wise, probably since Barry Sanders walking away. Yeah, I would agree with that. Came out of left field. I don't think anybody saw that one coming, especially not at this point in the season or in the preseason. No, if he if he came out, if Andrew Luck had come out tonight and announced that he had a leg fracture and was going to miss the season, more people would be like, oh, I knew something was wrong with his leg. But for him to announce his retirement because he's mentally wore out, no one saw that coming. Do you think his shoulder is still a problem or is it just a leg? I think he's smart enough and he's been injured enough. He decided it's time just to walk away. He's got money. You can still walk. You can still move. He just decided it's not worth it. And he's a smart guy. He can probably find a second career. Oh, yeah, he went to Stanford. I doubt he yeah. has uh, any issues in the IQ department. Yeah. But, yeah, it's outside of I wonder fantasy. if player profiler has player IQ. <laughs> well, they have the Wonderlic score. True. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily translate into real life. I don't know. Maybe it does. Nope. I, outside of fantasy football, it sucks for the guy. He's, I don't know, is he 28, 29? 29. I actually just looked yeah. it up earlier because I thought he was 27. Yeah, so, you know, he's not even 30 years old and he has to leave the, his dream job. Dream job? I mean, you don't ever want to see a player leave for any bad reason. I mean, mentally yeah. wore out. Maybe he's just hiding. I mean, I know he's having a press conference right now. I'll catch the whole thing later oh, to see exactly what he says. The press conference right now, is on, now not, not Sunday? No, he's on right now on NFL oh, Network. Wow. He's been on for about 15, 20 minutes. It's breaking news. Oh, he's been okay. thanking everybody. Oh, man. Right, okay. When we got this going, that's what I hit mute on. He's still talking. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I thought I mean, the press conference was going to be tomorrow. Even players I dislike and despise, I don't want to see injured. I don't want to see retiring from injuries. It's just not. I mean, retire from old age. Yeah. Or in Brady's case, just retire whenever you're done winning, <laughs> I guess. Yep. Whenever yeah, you've run out of fingers case. to put rings on. Mm-hmm. Well, he has four more, four more to fill up. Well, if this you... was uh, another podcast, they'd probably say that he has five places left he can put a ring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have, Insert boner sound. <laughs> That's a good one. And I then we, we have actually insert the sound here. And then on top of it all tonight, apparently the news is that we have another injury. Lamar Miller, they're believing tore his ACL in the game tonight. Yes, which makes insert Duke Johnson. Yep. And who else? Maybe Melvin Gordon, maybe uh I've said the name of Kenneth Dixon. Anybody now could be could be traded or could be dropped and signs over. There's been a we've we've got a lot of rumors going around that LaShawn McCoy is at the end in Buffalo that they want to go with Singletary, which doesn't make sense to me. I'd protect yeah. a young quarterback with someone yeah. like LaShawn McCoy. You're already paying him. Yep. Although they got Frank Gore to protect him if the zombie what, can still move. Thirty-five. Yeah. At least. You talk about somebody playing with arthritis in his knees. You worry about Todd Gurley at twenty-four, twenty-five. Yeah. Or had it longer. Yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, them. You got a. Who is the rookie down there with Houston? They have uh, Demaria Croquet. There you go. I don't know how to say his name. I believe that's correct. Croquet, Croquet. Crockett. Yep. He should be. He's definitely going to be getting a run at it. Is he? Is he more of a satellite back, or is he somebody that can carry the load? I, from what I've seen, they've been running him every which way. I don't think he's big enough. Let's see. I'm gonna put up his um. I'm player pulling, pitch. Yeah, I'm pulling him up right now. He is five foot ten, two twenty five. So he's got wow. good size to him. He's a big guy. Four five five forty. 105 on the burst on the speed score, 122.4 on the burst score, 80th percent, 72nd percent. That's pretty good. 20.9 on the college nominator, Adam Missouri. I mean, preseason, he seems to be getting stuff going. Yeah, he looks like he's pretty good. His best comparable is Isaiah Crowell. Yeah. Not the person you'd expect to see. Mm-mm. She sure looked faster than Isaiah Crowell in the couple clips I've seen. His 35th percentile in college dominator. Okay. Can't ask for much more. No, but I, th- I feel like this is Duke's job to lose now. Duke's job to lose at this point. I really think it's all going to be how quick Duke picks up on that playbook. Yeah. He's been injured also since he since he started. Well, since he moved over to uh, to Houston, has he? I've not heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he has some small hamstring issue, but oh, nothing not bad. The hamstring again. That's how he lost the job to yeah. Isaiah Crowell before. Yep. Well, now the last thing be... we need is Isaiah Crowell 2.0 yes. to take his job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dude, get healthy quick. Oh my gosh, poor guy. Um, other than these two, there was not anything major that happened today. Not I that I have seen. I uh, I saw at least from the games that that happened today. I didn't watch any, but Kyler played well compared to the other two games he had. That's he, I think he was he was fourteen of twenty one, hundred and some yards. Um, Keyshawn Johnson had a bunch of those yards. Uh, David Johnson had a decent game. I think Kirk Cousins was had negative fifteen yards. At one point. Um, Who had negative 15 yards? Kirk Cousins. Passing. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was at a restaurant with my family, and they had a bunch of TVs, but the one TV that had football was that game, but I could not see the screen. Yeah. Like I, It was at one of those angles where you just couldn't pick up. I knew it was a football game. Mm-hmm. When I had to take my son to the restroom, I saw what game it was, but I did not see any stats or anything. So it was just in passing. But I'm glad I didn't see it now. Yeah, I was just following to see how Kyler is doing. So I clicked on on the stats. And I saw that uh, Cousins had negative 15 yards. Stephon Diggs had negative 22. And one other player had 7 yards, which makes the negative 15. Makes sense. Um, But I don't know how the rest of the game went. I'm looking at the stats now. Um, the Vikings won actually twenty nine. And winning and losing the preseason does not matter at all. It's really how much did you run with the first team? Did you run with the second yeah. team? Yep, exactly. How many snaps you played? Yeah. 
Um, so from from that standpoint, I think Keyshawn Johnson might actually be a good good pickup this year because of how he's been playing with the first team, and he seems oh. like he has a good report with uh, with Kyler. Definitely. I didn't get to see any of today's game, but I'm very curious. Did they pressure Kyler the way the Raiders did? Because the Raiders showed not, something when they much. blitzed him. Yeah. And they blitzed him every down. It seemed like he seemed to struggle to find his reads quickly. But also, yeah. Arizona doesn't really have an offensive line. They have some cones no. that pretend to be offensive linemen. Yeah, plus I think their coach, he wants to keep the offense pretty vanilla during the, the preseason. I don't know if they're using yeah, the Yeah, you to keep your guy alive. He got to, yeah. I mean, last week he, he he was sacked for safety. You don't see that much in preseason. No. What would be a great but, question is, who has the worst offensive line currently? Washington Redskins go, have looked pretty bad. Arizona's looked yeah. bad. Yeah, the Texans also have a bad one. Miami's looked rough. Yeah, the Browns. Yeah, the Browns trading the linemen to the Giants. Yeah. It's not a good move. Although, like it's been said, it seemed like it was a sweetened-up deal to get the bigger trade a week and a half later for Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so here's got... a real question for you at this point with the news we have today. How do you feel about the assets in Indianapolis with Jacoby Brissett under center? I think everybody goes down in value except for maybe Mac. He goes I mean, down the offensive as well. line can definitely block the run. Yes. Which is the and only reason why Mac has some value. More. Yeah. I think TY, there was I was just looking at Rotoviz uh and their and their splits and he he has about four point five points less when he's not playing with Andrew Luck. PPR points less. Hmm. Uh, he goes from fifteen to eleven. But that was also uh, what Two seasons ago, when yes. Luck was out with the bad shoulder, he and was that for a whole year, yeah, that was two drafts ago with them doing the correct thing and drafting offensive linemen, yes. and not wide receivers. Yeah, it's true, and I think Jacoby is probably a decent replacement level quarterback. Um, I mean, you never know. Maybe they'll trade for somebody. Maybe they can. Chad Kelly played tonight, and he did really well for for the Colts. Oh, is that where Chad Kelly's at? He reemerged. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm putting. Up I like Chad Kelly. Now. I think he has. Yeah, he was good. No brains off the field, but on the field, I think he has a lot of talent. He was 16 of 21 for 209 yards and one touchdown. Well, hopefully Frank Wright can nice. do something with him. Yeah. The question is: Does this actually help condense down the value to players like T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell because? They're going to want to get the ball out of Brissett's hand quicker, so they're going to do a yeah. lot more drag routes with those two instead of trying to get sense. the intermediate to deep passes. Yeah, maybe even Naheem Hines. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I've always been a believer somewhat in it's not always the system, mm-hmm. but sometimes quarterbacks just have tendencies. I don't think – For sure. Like everybody's all over TJ Hawkinson thinking, oh, Stafford's going to – Throw to him. Stafford's never really been a heavy tight end user to me. Yeah. Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, they go to their tight ends. There's always been tight end value there. Yep. Even when he had Ebron, he did not overly pepper him with targets, it felt like. That's fair. But now with this news, I don't know if Bursette's tendencies, but Ebron, Doyle, 
all of them just I already yeah. don't touch Ebron, but I no. would not touch him at all. I I think Ebron is the most hyped player this season or this offseason. Overhyped. Like he's completely overvalued. Oh, definitely. I well, my opinion is definitely. I know there's still a lot of people out there who love Ebron. Does he have size and athleticism? Yeah. Yes, he does, but I just yeah. don't just from his usage last situation. year. Yeah. From his usage, Doyle played so much more. Um well, He's Andrew Luck liked Doyle more. Yeah. So, again, so now, now we tendency. don't know. <laughs> now we don't know, but if Bursette likes Funches more, I'm not sure if Funches' uh, health status. Last I you heard, he was funny. I just picked up. up Funches in a draft, in a, in a best ball draft that I was doing right before the Andrew Luck news broke out in like the 16th or 17th round. Have you? So it's not much. There is actually a video already out of a gentleman at a draft tonight that drafted Andrew Luck and 120 seconds later, two minutes, the news broke and the guys were busting out their phone filming him. He's sitting there reading it with just this shock look and they're cutting back to the draft board. Mm -hmm. Using one of those actual draft boards. We walk up and put the sticker on it, having a draft party and they're all just laughing and ripping on this poor guy. Oh my gosh, that sucks. Two minutes. If he just drug his feet and been like, hmm, but he probably ran to that board. It was later in the draft, but still. Yeah. How bad is that guy feel tonight? Not great. <laughs> I think all the superflex leagues this year that started. Yeah. It. And he was he probably taken in the Luck. third or fourth round. Yeah. That's a great question. I actually got into my first superflex league this year. That was not first one I've ever done. Don't know. Did it at a bad time. Let's see, Andrew Luck. So I did a draft with the with the Podfather and some other patrons a couple of weeks back, or maybe a month ago. And let me tell you where where our friend was taken. We had <clears throat> Andrew Luck went when at two oh five, the seventeenth overall pick. Wow. This was on March 5th, he went. So in the league I did with the Podfather and some others, Andrew Luck was taking a 201, 13th pick. In a super so flex. about the same range. Yeah. This guy, this guy is in good shape. Well, he at least had Jared Goff, Trubisky, a.k.a. Blake Bortles, mm-hmm. and Will Greer as other quarterbacks. So he at least still has... He's he's still better off a quarterback than I am. The guy that had him in this league, he has um, let's see, can't see his roster, but <laughs> for some reason I cannot see his roster in this league. No, no, I can see his roster. Give me one second. I'll get in there. Um. I actually only have luck in one league, which is good. I'm not too sad about that. I only own him in one. I only had owned him in one league, and I sold him last year to an owner who kept pestering me, sending me offers that just did not work. But he had Aaron Rodgers, and I was like, "Tell you what, I had Luck, Mariota, and Jared Goff on this roster. It's only a one quarterback league, fourteen team." 
I inherited all of them, but nobody would offer me anything for them. So I was like, well, I got plenty of roster space. We, at the time, had 36-man rosters. It's IDP. We had a 30-man taxi squad. Wow. I was like, all right, I'll hold on to all of them. I'm, you know, I'm not going to just give them away. Yeah. You got to help me if I'm going to help you. He kept pestering, pestering, pestering. He's like, I really want Andrew Luck. I'm like, well, then you got to put Rodgers in the trade. He finally gave me Rodgers and all that, traded him Luck, moved on. Halfway through the year, he traded Andrew Luck and Kerryon Johnson for a first and a second round pick. Oh, my gosh. What a waste. Oh, worse yet, he disappeared at the beginning of this year. After, after the draft, he didn't pay before the draft, which I told the commissioner at the time, don't let him draft if he has mm-hmm. not paid. Oh, he'll pay, he'll pay. Dude disappeared. No one's heard from him since in three wow. leagues. He's been kicked out of all of them. Deservedly so. <laughs> How many leagues you in, sir? Uh, quite a few. Um, are we talking dynasty or best ball or um, redraft? Uh, let's go dynasty. How many leagues do you have to pay attention to? 365. So this year I joined a few. Um, I'm in two leagues with the Podfather. Um, and um, I joined a few best balls. I think I did three best ball dynasty leagues. They're all super flex, tight end premium. Um, my fantasy league. Um, and a few other more. I've been busy this summer with Superflex Dynasty Leagues. And so Superflex is your thing. You really yeah, like Superflex. Super is my thing. Yes, I really like Superflex and Tight End Premium. And I found this one guy on Twitter who created an app that actually goes over all your leagues and tells you your player shares by percentage, uh, which is really good. Really? Especially, oh yeah. Yeah, I can share it with you later. Um, this is only on my Fantasy League. Um, That's... I'm 95% of my fantasy league. I have one league that's on Flea Flicker, which I really don't like. It's a league that I actually started with my father 24 years ago. Wow. No, 23 years ago. This is going in the 24th season. And I'm playing this one last season as he got me into all fantasy sports when I was about four years old. And I actually... he. <laughs> That's why I'm saying the one super flex league I did started at a bad time. The day the draft started, I didn't think it was going to start for a couple of weeks. They moved it up really quickly because the league filled. I was actually getting on a plane to fly out to California to say goodbye to my father, who was passed away the next day. Oh, wow. So, like, I'm sitting there having to do that, and fantasy's my escape. So, I was still, while handling things, having to do draft picks here and there. Luckily, not too many during that time but mm-hmm. clearly my head was not thinking so when i tell you i have some very bright spots but when it comes to quarterback yeah i dropped the ball wow this is super flex i have two quarterbacks on roster i have one jimmy garoppolo mm-hmm. the sexy man with the big dick as everybody yeah. says yep. and i have the horrible i had no choice he was the last one left on the board case keenum Oh, yeah. I have Case Keenum all over my Superflex leagues, actually. Because I'm looking at this league now that I did with the Podfather. I took Matt Ryan, I think, in the maybe third or fourth. And then I didn't go QB uh, at all. So I took Alvin Kamara in my first, my first round. And then I took um, 
Mike Evans. Oh, I have T.Y. in this league, sadly. Uh, Marlon Mack also in this league. Not good. <laughs> and then um, Matt Ryan. And I didn't take a quarterback until I took Andy Dalton much, much later. And then I felt like I needed somebody else, so I took Case Keenum. Uh, since it's super flex and during bye weeks, I wanted to have some extra protection. But the player, that I, the quarterback that I got the most this year in super flex would be Dak Prescott, actually. Uh, Funny thing I with Dak is his rookie year, mm-hmm. the, that league that me and my father started, his Dak's rookie year watching the preseason game where he'd come in, he just looked so calm. He looked yeah. like everything was moving slow motion. Usually the rookies, they're like, their happy feet, everything mm-hmm. seemed like moving a million miles an hour. He just looked like everything was moving so slow down. Yeah, he I looked, actually he looked like I watched he looked like a veteran. Yeah, I watched. I think it was the second game. It was the game before Romo actually got hurt, and I just saw how smooth he was. And I traded up, traded back into the draft to the guy who was on the clock. I was like, because I was desperate for a quarterback. I had bad luck with quarterbacks for a couple of years in that league. No matter who I got, just did not do well for the way the scoring was and. I traded in to get him, and he actually scored pretty well in that league. But uh, yeah. back to the super flex, I actually started off at 104. I took DeAndre Hopkins. It's really good. Came Great back at 209. It was a coin flip, Mike Evans or Stephon Diggs. I really wanted Deshaun Watson to team with DeAndre Hopkins, but he oh, went yeah, the pick stack. before me. I oh. wanted that stack. It was one pick before me, and I got sniped. Yeah. And I was sitting there, and there was no other quarterback who really was like, hey, take me. So I took Mike Evans because he won the coin flip. Came back around to me at 304. Diggs was still on the board, so I took him. So at this point, I've got three quarterbacks. I'm good. Or three wide receivers. Yeah. Fourth round comes around. Quarterbacks have been going, going, going. I'm like, all right, Jimmy Garoppolo. At least he's still kind of young. There wasn't a whole lot left on the board. And then this is a tight end premium. They score very high. Mm-hmm. Fifth round, I took Hunter Henry. I traded my sixth round pick for an eighth and a couple of rookie draft picks. I didn't have a sixth round pick. But I came back in the seventh, got Evan Ingram. Came back in the eighth and got Dallas Goddard. Trying to stack up the tight ends because they actually have a copy of this league my buddies in that I just looked at who did really well last year and what they had to see what kind of team they built. And it seemed like if you had tight ends, wide receivers, you got a little further ahead. The team that won it actually had Kelsey, Ertz, and another tight end. So he just kind of ran them. Eighth round, I I took my first running back in Tevin Coleman. That's how bad running backs were left in the eighth round. Ninth round, got Christian Kirk. Tenth round, I broke the golden rule and took Kenyon Drake. Christian Kirk fell all the way to the ninth round. That's really good. The 100th pick overall, I got Christian Kirk. Wow, that's awesome. Eleventh uh, round, got Matt Barreta. Twelfth round, Case Keenum. Thirteenth round, Curtis Samuel. Nice. Fourteenth round, Edo, Deshaun Hamilton, Traquan Smith. Sixteenth round, I got LaShawn McCoy. He's old and wow. everything, but at that point, I was like, well, we're at 189th overall player. I'll take LaShawn McCoy and take my chances. Yeah. The 207th player, I got Trey Quinn. Uh, Trey Quinn, I mean, yeah. Uh, Trey Quinn is a good value, too. 
Yeah. So I've got. Have you done um? Have you done the Scottish Ball this year? No, I meant to get in it, and every time I thought about it, something would pop up to where I'd forget, and it was long over by the time it came around. It's on my list to make sure I try and get in early next year and get into a spot. So you want to hear about my team? Oh, definitely. I had the third pick. Third pick? Nice. Yep. So I started McCaffrey, which was great value. I was very happy about that. Uh, second round, I got Mike Evans at 210. Third round, I got Keenan Allen, 303. And then the fourth round, I got Matt Ryan. This is super flex. So I thought Matt Ryan on the fourth was pretty good value. And then the fifth, I got Hunter Henry. Uh, going to the sixth, I got Dak Prescott. Seventh, Mark Ingram. And then the eighth, uh, Christian Kirk. Nice. And the ninth. Where's the ninth? Ninth, I got Rashad Penny, which now seems like probably a bad pick. Uh, the tenth round. Tenth round, I got Mr. Nikhil Harry, also probably a bad pick at this point. I got him over Marquez Valdez-Cantlin, which sounds so stupid now. And Damien Harris in the eleventh, also a bad pick. Twelfth, I got Mr. Anthony Miller. 13th, I got Naheem Hines. In the 14th, Deshaun Hamilton. 15th, Darren Waller. Uh, 16th, Mike Kosecki. 17th, Albert Wilson. That's it now. After this, it gets quite messy. My first seven or eight rounds were really good. After that, it's pretty trashy. Uh, after, <laughs> I mean, when you get into those rounds, it's more dart throws than anything. For sure. Sometimes you look back and you're like, man, I was great. And then other times you look back and go, what was I thinking? What did I see? Yeah. What was I reading that made me think this was a good idea? Yeah. It's all right. It happens. Well, I got you... Um. What's the biggest league you're in? The biggest league, biggest league in as uh, a number of people, like roster wise, like starters, okay. roster size. So I am in a league that has 96 people. Ooh. And and each person, each player can be can have eight copies. All right. So so for example, eight 12 team leagues put together. Yes, but all in one big giant yeah. league. Yeah. Um, and we you actually roll through playing different people, or uh, this is my first year, so I haven't done it yet. I, I don't know yet, actually. Did you all um, just draft now, or we're in the middle of the drafts? I think there's there's 38 rounds. We're in round 32 now, almost done. So the rosters are really. I have 35 players now, actually. So 35 rounds. I have Matt right. Ryan. Is it straight Wayne offense? Yeah, straight offense. Yeah, no, no IDP here. Right, I actually I I enjoy IDP. I love the I love a challenge. And I actually started a new league this year. I've worked on the scoring for three years to try and make wow. every position count. Mm-hmm. 
And when I mean every position, I mean tight ends score heavily, defensive tackles, cornerbacks. You need to build a complete team. That's it is good. a 46-man roster in season with a 15-man taxi squad. You start 11 on offense and 11 on defense. Wow. Probably takes a lot of work to to set your lineups in this one. Well, you're not going to get by with just trying to stack one position or... I've played some of those small leagues where you see that one or two owners that just absolutely know everything they're doing. They just... They play the system just right, and they stack their teams, and you can just see that it's going to be many years of you drafting to beat them again. You walk into it, you're like, all right, this is this is why this league doesn't get anywhere, and you see the trades during the year, and you're like, why did you just give this player to this guy? Much like I told you about earlier with the trade where the guy got a first and a second for Kirion and Andrew Luck. Which, granted, with Luck retiring today, doesn't look that horrible, but at the time, you're talking a top-five quarterback – yeah. Even in a one quarterback league, it's a top five quarterback in a top ten running back if he gets the load share everybody's hoping for. Yeah. Wow. So how long have you been playing fantasy sports in football, I should say? Not many years actually. So I didn't really get into football until maybe about five, six years ago. Uh when I started working uh, after college. So I started, actually I got into football by doing fantasy. One of my buddies at the time told me about it and I'm really into numbers and math and that's how it kind of caught me. And uh, I think that year I had Jamal Charles and Matt Forte in one league and that, that was really good. And after one or two years, I really got into it, uh, you know, started trying to learn about it and three years ago or so I discovered the Podfather and that's what really really made me enjoy football and the whole um, data analytics aspects of it and so over the past two or three years probably the past two years I got in touch with the Podfather and started doing some work with him uh, charting games and doing building some player pages helping him out with the YouTube videos um, things like that and yeah it's been it's been a lot of fun learned a whole lot that's that's great. I actually feel uh, I feel bad that I only discovered him. I believe it was about last December. Mm-hmm. I was there was a post on Facebook in one of those sports groups, and somebody was like, "What podcast do you listen to?" And everybody's listening to you know, all the standard ones where they're the big name, you know, ESPN, CBS, all the ones where they just regurgitate the same information about the same top. 10, 12 players. All they talk about is, you know, that top tier one, tier two players. No one digs deep or, you know, I yeah. guarantee you they didn't talk about Austin Eckler, his rookie year. Austin Eckler was somebody I saw get picked up and I was following along with just because I was looking for all those end of the roster guys that could just end up in a good situation. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of things I like. I like clearly by the league I started. I like deeper. I like going for those guys that you get and they add value to your roster and other people are like, man, how'd I miss them? That's mm-hmm. where I get my, I get my kick out of fantasy is being able to dig those players up. Yeah. So when I found out somebody listed Roto Underworld, I was like, all right, let me listen to it. 
but the first one I listened to, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it just didn't catch me. But I was like, well, you know, it's got a big enough following. It's got good reviews. I'm going to keep listening. And the more I listened, and the more he went into the analytics and breaking down numbers and stuff, I'm like, oh, I found my home. Somebody who talks my language. Wow. The only thing he, the only thing that's been broken that broke my heart on this is Mike Williams of the LA Chargers. <laughs> I really liked him. I, I did. Like I, I see him on film, and he just he screams wide receiver to you when you look at him, and you see the numbers and stuff. And you hear the talk, and you're like, oh, all the numbers are backed up to run away from him. Why do I like him so much? Just yeah. can't can't stop him, but I've sold him in a couple places where I could. Other leagues, there's people who just lowball on anybody you put on the trade block, so mm-hmm. I just leave them off and hope somebody comes calling. Yeah, I mean... You know, maybe he might be one of those guys that scores a lot of touchdowns, but doesn't really have production outside of that. Yeah, and uh-huh. see, you don't. Here's where everybody forgets. They're like, "Oh, look at look at what he did last year. He's gonna." There was no Hunter Henry last year. Yeah. Philip exactly. Rivers loves his tight end. Look at all those years yes. with Antonio Gates. He kind of used he kind of used him as as his tight end because he's a big guy. Yep, and his best games were no Keenan Allen. Exactly. That game against the Chiefs, Keenan Allen was, was injured. And that's when Mike Williams, I think he had two touchdowns and a, and a two-pointer. Since we're going to talk about the Chargers, we got to touch in on the Melvin Gordon situation. Yeah, I think he's out. <laughs> did you listen to the new um, the new show that the Podfather did, the, the backstage pass from yesterday or no. today? He no, it's on about... the list. Yeah, so he talked about the injury, um, uh, I guess, prediction model that he that he just sent, shared with us this week. And Melvin Gordon is the number one on that model, which may come, I know he's going to describe it a lot more if you listen, but I'll give you a quick summary. He says that um, Melvin Gordon is the most, quote-unquote, injury-prone player because although it doesn't seem like he gets injured, but he's been he's never finished the season. He always gets injured in the fantasy playoffs and it's always the knee it's not like sometimes it's the knee it's the ankle it's i don't know elbows but with this guy it's always his knee or his soft tissues have yeah, something to do with it yeah so and then add to that the fact that he's holding out i think first of all it makes sense for him to hold out because he's fragile and he needs to get his money so i don't think he's going to be coming back unless he gets his money or he's traded um, and as far as his replacements, for, I think for me, I think Eckler and Justin Jackson are probably going to be like a, like a 55, 45, um, which makes Justin Jackson the better value because you can get him a few rounds behind Eckler. Um, yeah, what do you think? I don't see the Los Angeles Chargers paying him what he thinks yeah. he's worth. I, and I, I do not blame them. Yeah. Why would you pay a player who I think he misses an average of two games? Mm-hmm. Me and a buddy of mine were having a discussion on him. You add in that every year his yards per carry has dropped. Yeah. Yeah, he's added more catches, which is kind of masked what's going on. Yeah. 
But if I'm going to throw out of the backfield, just by mind's eye, I believe Austin Eckler is more explosive out of the backfield for catches. And he misses games when it matters. He doesn't miss games early in the season. He misses them late in the season when they're trying to make it to the playoffs. Another player that misses games late in the season, at least it always feels that way, Antonio Brown. Yeah, that's true. Mr. Blister Foot, Mr. <laughs> I'm upset that I don't have the helmet I want, even though it. I took it to a test facility and it failed every test they put it through. Yeah. I still want to wear it. If anything, he should worry about it, uh, his his health, you know, his his head, his concussions. But well, yeah. Have you ever you ever played any sports? Yeah, I played soccer. I played soccer uh, since I was soccer. since I was born. Yep. Are don't wear most soccer players very uh, superstitious? Yeah, they are, of course. Yep. Some I, of them I don't play hockey. The white we're, line. we're very superstitious. I'm. Yeah. It drove my wife insane when we had a ice hockey rink here where I live. It's gone now. Got taken over two years ago and they closed it. But the one league team I was on, we had a 26-game win streak. None of us washed any of our equipment. We wore the same stinky jerseys, clothes, and you were not allowed to wash anything. Maybe that's why we're winning. Nobody wanted to be near us. But uh, everybody's superstitious, and I think that's just part of it is he, that's what's worked for him. He's been dominant with it. He does not want to change. He's stuck in his ways. No, I get that. I The thing I don't get in this whole thing, I understand where the NFL is coming from, all this concussion lawsuits, all this, you know, player safety, player safety. Yeah. Why doesn't somebody do, to me, the logical thing and be like, all right, make it a make it a media thing to where it's all in the world. Here's a document, sign sealed, delivered by lawyers. They all wrote off on it. You can sign this. You can wear whatever helmet you want, but we... You can never sue the NFL and say, we did not warn you yeah. and tell you, do not wear this. You chose to put your own safety at risk. I would imagine that his agents I told bet him you he that would he sign that, that so quick. <laughs> but I guarantee you, he would he sign would. that so quick. Yeah, he would. He would not he care. Would. Yeah. I'm sure there's lawyers saying, well, you can't do that. He could still, what, make it on him. Let him do what he wants. Yeah. And when he gets hurt, be like, eh, we, we told you. Uh, yeah. Has he? I think he's already had a couple of concussions in his career. Concussions. He had, uh, he had that knee thing a couple of years ago. Uh, I'm trying to think of everything else that's happened with him. He's definitely had his fair share of injuries. Yeah. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't think of him as somebody who gets injured. A lot, but now that you say that, going back over the last few years, I would agree with that. And he was always hurt, it seemed like, at the end of the year, mm-hmm. where you need them in the fantasy playoffs or they need them, the actual Steelers need them going into the playoffs. And it's just absolutely crazy that he's not top of it. He's amazing with his hands. If you've ever watched any of his little uh, workout videos, absolutely amazing what he can do. Yeah. But apparently, I might be wrong. Pulling up his player page, 2012, high ankle sprain, missed three games, was on the injury report five. 2017, toe sprain, injury report once, missed no games. And then the partial calf tear, missed two games, that was week 15, so you've missed week 15, week 6, or 16, 17. Mm-hmm. 
And then last year, he just sat out week 17 when they needed him yeah. to get yeah. into the playoffs. He's like, fuck it. I'm not playing. Juju can't play. What do you He's think Juju is going to do this year? I think Juju will be in the top two or top three receivers. I don't no. want to say top here's, one. I don't want to say number one. But I think thing. his volume is going to be crazy. What do you think? That's my coming. I'm a when it comes to I don't watch a ton of college football, but I'm from California. I was a UCLA fan. Okay. I watched Juju in college when you just get peppered and tore up UCLA. Like, man, he's going to be good. And then he came out and he slid in the draft. I was like, oh, maybe he's not that good. And then he's just torn it up. And my question is, is with all that talent, is Big Ben just for the fun of it to just drive in that nail in the side, just that one last dig at Antonio Brown, going to pepper Juju Smith with that many more targets to maybe go after any records that Antonio Brown holds on the Steelers? (laughs) You know, catches in a season, yards yeah. in a season, touchdown season. Just, yeah, we're going to give them all the juju this year just to get that dig at you. Yeah, I would not be surprised, actually. That's an interesting point. Ego is the enemy. And, I mean, they apparently the Steelers, for as bad as I think Mike Tomlin is for a coach for adjusting, because you run a 3 4, you don't adjust to what New England does, you year in and year out when you play them with the tight ends and everything else, but he kept all that under wraps with all the trouble with Bell and Brown. I mean, I always thought Brown was one of those quiet, you know, go to work, do his job. Yeah. And then all this happens, and it's like, wow. Now I see why they moved along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But from one Brown to another, Marquise Brown. I don't like that guy. Don't like him? Nope. I, I think, think he is a lesser Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Well, I feel like he's smaller than Deshaun like, Jackson. He's like a lesser Kenny Stills or something. I wouldn't. Deshaun Jackson would be like a, his highest possible ceiling. His highest possible ceiling, actually. I don't think he would ever become Deshaun Jackson's level. Let's see. Know. Deshaun Jackson is a 98th percentile 40 yard dash. 50th percentile speed score, burst score 38th percentile. He's five foot ten, 175. I'm pretty sure Marquise Brown is smaller than that. What do you think his size is? Do you know offhand? Right now, I do not know. Nope. Now I can see it now. He's 5'9, 166. So he's an inch shorter. He's nine pounds lighter. What's his 40 yard dash? Uh, we don't have it on site. Oh, that's right, because he has that foot injury. Yeah, but he's fast. He's very fast. Deshaun was a four-three-five. They're probably close. Yeah. Who's his Who's his most comparable player? Taylor Gabriel. <laughs> Deshaun Jackins is Brandon Cooks. See, that makes sense. Taylor Gabriel is a lesser Kenny Stills, and Marquise Brown will be a lesser Kenny Stills, especially on that offense. I know Lamar deep ball. I feel like Miles Boinkin, as the Podfather calls him, is, is he a Boinkin or Boinkin? <laughs> I think he's going to be boink. the better player. Yeah. That's <laughs> all Boinkin uh, Boink. Go with everything from your else. Event, you should call your new pet Boinkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
about. He's going to be called Bacon at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, just to share like with everybody listening to understand, I have children. My wife has convinced me to let them get a pet pig. We got a potbelly pig. I thought it was going to be a piglet about the size of a, you know, kitten because it was stillborn. That was the picture she showed me. I went to pick this thing up. It's four months old and probably weighs 40 pounds. I have windows at the front of my house. They're only about seven to eight inches off the ground. They're tall windows that go floor to ceiling. One of my kids left to open the window up in where he was at for the first couple of days. You keep him, keep him inside while we're building the pen. Cause I thought he'd fit fine in a dog kennel. He decided to go straight through my screen. So I have a nice hole through my screen and spent two and a half hours chasing him up and down streets, through backyards, underneath houses, chasing and chasing all night until finally great, caught great him. Great Saturday nights. Great Saturday Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I'm very thankful to the neighbors that came out and instead of just laughing, you know, gave a hand. They thought it was funny to chase a pig. I'm glad they got a kick out of chasing a pig around town, getting a nice workout. I will say this, the pig's agility blows mine away. His speed score is going to blow mine away. Burst, he's going to be top of the charts. You know what, speaking of that, I'm going to actually go in and create a player page for the pig. <laughs> and see how, how that fares. Maybe we can find his best comparable. Maybe it can be Marquis <laughs> Brown. Or Miles Moinkin. There you go. But then you mentioned Kenny Stills. I saw uh, last night, I was trying to catch some catch up on some stuff from the day. They said the new coach of Miami, whose name escapes me, uh, played Morris. music at the beginning of uh, every practice. Yes. The, and played five straight songs. JZ music. Because <laughs> apparently Kenny Stills is upset that he made a deal with, yeah, I guess in, their, in his opinion, the devil of Roger Goodell yeah. over all this stuff. And apparently he's not he's not a high on the coach's list. The coach is not too happy with him. So I'm wondering uh, how much we're everybody's putting him at the end of the roster and best balls and things, hoping for some magic with Fitz Magic before he turns into Patrick that we all know so well. Mm-hmm. What he's gonna is he really gonna have that kind of takeoff? It's funny you say that because one of my this morning asked me the same question. And I told him he will either be traded to the Seahawks or he will be and signed with the Seahawks. You think the Seahawks uh, is the landing spot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have they've lost receivers this summer, and, and I can just see him and Jerron Brown stretching that field so good, and having Tyler Lockett underneath, and also he can stretch the field. I feel like he'd be a great fit in the system. Um. Because when he was when he was with the Saints, he was good at times, and then he came to Miami. He didn't really have a quarterback, but he still had some product, production. So I think he's he's underrated, and if he leaves Miami, it will be a loss for them because they don't have anybody that can replace him, as far as I know. And I think the Seahawks, I think he would be a really good fit with with how the Seahawks play. Good points. Speaking while we're still touching on Miami, did you enjoy the yearly ritual we've become over the last three years 
of DeAndre Parker looks amazing in shorts and pads go on. And I have not seen one highlight of him this preseason. Yeah, I've Parker seen Preston is. Williams. I've seen Gasecki. I've seen Josh Rosen running the ball for thirty-something yeah. yards, which, as a UCLA fan, and as they say, truther status is where I fall with him because I do believe he has the talent. I'm not sure if he has the drive anymore, other than to put in people's faces. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he really has the drive to do it, but I know he has the talent, arm talent, I should say. But <laughs> Devontae Parker, is he one of the largest wastes of talent that actually continues to show up in the NFL? He and Doxon are probably on par with each other as far as the biggest busts over the past couple of years for receivers. Because they're both so talented physically, um, but it just they were unable to, to take it to the NFL. Since I think... I live in D.C. Bust for talent and didn't bring it to the NFL, I'd agree. But bust who had the talent, but pissed it away, Justin Blackman. Oh, man, did that guy. He was, what, the fourth overall pick, something like that? Fourth or fifth, Jacksonville traded up for him. I actually, I, at the time, was the, as they're described, the film grinder. I watched him those last five or six games in college and was just blown away. Then once again, just the body size, what he could do. He did my ball. I'm going to take it. I'm going to run over you. Those last couple of games he played in Jacksonville before he got the complete ban, he just was absolutely dominating. Yeah. And he preferred alcohol over yeah. millions of dollars. Yeah. He wasn't was the fastest guy. He was six foot one, two hundred and seven pounds. His college dominator was eighty ninth percentile, forty four percent, breakout age twenty point seven. And he just tore it up those last few games but he preferred alcohol and that's a shame so they they would have had him and Allen Robinson and Dede Westbrook or Dede Westbrook maybe Bortles could have actually they may never have uh, they may never have drafted Allen Robinson had had he had Blackman Um, yeah that makes sense actually the guy I don't get is Lee, Marquise. Marquise Lee. Yep, stone hands. He was also he was also a top ten pick, right? No, he was not a top ten pick. He was a second round pick. Okay. Yeah, he was definitely not a top ten. Jacksonville's made a lot of boneheaded top ten picks, mainly with picks anybody in and around Florida. I mean, think about it. They took Derek Harvey. Uh, his name something Quentin. He was a linebacker slash defensive end. They reached on him. Tyson Alou, Alou, solid player, still in the NFL, but he was not a top ten pick like they made him. Mm-hmm. Luke Jokel was a second, second round pick. Luke Jokel. Luke Jokel was a lineman. Yep, he was number two overall behind Eric Fisher, yeah. who I don't even know if he's still on Kansas City Chiefs, but I know he's not a left tackle. Or at least they moved him at one point. Who do you think is, uh, or for you, who is the receiver that was taken, that there's a lot of hype on now that's not going to make it in the NFL from this this draft class 2019? Not going to make it. Oof. Who, 
who do you think is the Justin Blackman or the Dachshund or the Devontae Parker of this class? I'm putting my money right now on the player that people are draft that are that is a draftable wide receiver that will not pay back. I will put my money on McCole Hardman. Hmm. Interesting. I think he has just. I think he's fifty-fifty. I think they could either go with the theory of you spread them out and you have two Tyree kill styles. Yeah. <laughs> on the field at the same time, to where you're just wearing them out. Or he's just not going to do it. Marquise Brown, yeah, I think there's a spot for him on that offense. Brown. I don't think he's. I think he'll do more than a Josh Doxon because I think where he fits in that offense, if his foot now, if his foot falls off, then yeah, definitely he's going to be done for. But if that foot heals, I can see him being there, just stretching downfield, and Lamar Jackson, you buy time and just fling it deep. You know, he just he's that option to continually run deep. You bring him in, bring him in with the run like they're doing. RPO, RPO, RPO. Oh, up over the top. Marquise Brown's gone. Yeah. He's going to be that guy you cannot start. Best ball, he's your best ball wide receiver. But you do not want to start him in setting the lineup. Yeah. In my, I have 14 leagues. I can't play DFS. The state I live in, it's illegal. No one will let me play. It. We actually voted on it in November to legalize it and politicians both sides before anybody goes left or right on, you know, all that craziness is both sides blocked a vote on it before they went to their little, one of their many vacations down here, but people voted to legalize it. DFS and best ball. So I don't get to play any of those MFL tens and twenties and hundreds. Can you play the, the drafts app or no? Nope. I can't. None of those, as soon as they do a location check. But what's funny is I can do horse betting online, like on the app. If I'm in Louisiana, it's fine with it. I can bet on the Kentucky Derby. I can bet all around the world on horse tracks. But That makes no sense. When it comes to football players on Sunday, no, don't, uh-uh. I would give it a year or two years and you're going to be able to do anything. They have to adapt to 21st century and... Well, for my state, they're going to have to adapt that uh, that Supreme Court ruling that anybody yeah. can legalize sports betting, not just Nevada yeah. and uh, Atlantic City. Yeah. Our neighboring state, Mississippi, legalized it in a heartbeat. They already actually had the uh, books roomed. Like, they'd already built them. They had the ready for you to walk in and your sports books built, ready to go. Wow. And as soon as it was legalized, a week later, they were open. Like they staffed awesome. them, they finished painting them, and so for this state, it's actually come out. Mississippi said they have a hundred million dollars set aside to wow. fight against neighboring states from get legalizing it to try and block them because they don't want to lose oh that revenue. Gosh. Yeah, I know people who driving the hour or two over to Mississippi and place bets every weekend yeah. during NFL season. They do college, they do NFL, they place their bets, they come home next weekend, they cash in whatever and place their new bets. All 100% legal. Yeah. Who yeah, your is your one guy? Sorry, go, go on. I was going to say, gonna who's say... your one guy you, in every rookie draft you wanted? He was your guy. Uh, I'd probably say Isabella. Isabella? Yeah. 
he's probably the guy that I took a lot this summer. Him and Henderson. You got a lot of Henderson? Yeah. I don't know how I feel about both of them now, but this is mostly, <laughs> obviously, Dynasty, so I think they'll be fine long-term. But this season, I don't know. I, I'm having second thoughts about the whole new bright and shiny offenses this year, like the Browns, the 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 Bucks, and the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I was actually just thinking about it. I'm about to start doing my home leagues this starting tomorrow and next week, and those are the leagues where I really don't want to mess up. So I'm, you know, I was thinking for for one for two of them actually, I pick from the ninth spot. Uh, and I was thinking how to start and how to tackle the middle. Usually, when I'm in the ninth spot, I would go receiver, receiver. So if I can get uh, Tyreek Hill, and then I get Juju, because people don't usually want to take Juju that early. Uh, or I, if I if somehow I get Devontae Adams and then Juju or Odell, uh, and then I try to get another receiver and then maybe running back on the fourth or the fifth, like Chris Carson or somebody. But I try to always get Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, um, one of those guys. And now I'm like, do I really want to get those guys, especially uh, Christian Kirk? He's been scaring me lately because I don't know how Murray's going to fare you know, in a seasonal uh, league this year. And with so many so many receivers and Keyshawn Johnson doing good and obviously Larry Fitz is there and they have a lot of tight ends. The O-line is shit. DJ is going to get his share of receptions as well. So I don't know how much Christian Kirk is actually going to be getting this season. So I know I've talked a lot about different things. But, yeah. Uh, well, let's, let's touch on the Arizona. Nice, new, shiny, exciting offense. Yeah. Remember way back when this guy named Chip Kelly was coming to the NFL and he was going to run this yeah. up-tempo, amazing offense. It flamed back in the NFL, game. but you know, what was, yeah. you know what was beautiful? It was fantasy. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a great offense for fantasy. And you know what I see in Arizona? It's going to be fun to have in fantasy. It's going to be a tr- dumpster fire to watch. <laughs> I think Kyler Murray is going to be running for his life behind that no nothing offensive line. Yeah. I think when they do score, it's going to be quick bang, bang. And that defense is going to be playing a lot. So they're going to be wore out late in games. Yeah. Unless he's smarter. If he gives enough... Chip Kelly had too many players on offense. They didn't have enough yeah. on defense. They didn't ro- rotate enough. They wanted to play smaller, faster guys. Well, guess what? In the NFL, they're just going to run you over and wear you down. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of teams did. They just pounded the ball and wore out your defense to where when it was late in games, they had nothing left. So I think fantasy-wise, Christian Kirk doesn't worry me. Keyshawn, I think, will have his value. Isabella... By general rule, when it comes to rookies, and I learned this when I took Keenan Allen as a rookie, don't expect anything at the very start of the season. If you're expecting production right out of week one, you're going to fail. Especially from a receiver. Receiver, running back, they generally come in later in the year. If they start off week one like Zeke and all them, I worry about them when it comes to playoff time, fantasy playoff time, that is. Right. That's the longest season they've ever had. That's the longest training camp they've ever had. They've now had preseason games. They're now going to play a 16-game schedule. If they played two out of the four preseason games, that's 18-game schedule. 
They've never yeah. played that that short of a period. Plus the length of training camp, plus everything that happened between the end of their college season and the start of training camp. They've done so much training, so many the combine, you know, poke, prodded, run, jump. Then the team visits, you know, run, jump, poke, prodded, read this, remember this. Yeah, it's a lot. It, they're wore out. So I actually prefer, like, I actually think the player I've, I wanted in every draft, I didn't get him in every draft, was Justice Hill. I mm-hmm. think he's in a good situation. I think that team is going to run Ingram, run Ingram, run them, wear teams down. But toward the end of the year, when they're really going to want to pick up the tempo, I think Justice Hill, who beat out your Chris Carson you're talking about in the sixth round, mm-hmm. can be that guy toward the end of these fantasy seasons and be that sneaky, hey, it's week 11. Hey, Ingram's banged up because he's had all these touches. He's had more touches than he had in New Orleans. Yeah. yeah, he's they've pounded him, pounded him, pounded him. He's taking a beating. Here comes Justice Hill out of nowhere, fresh legs, and oh no, now the offense has new life. He's a little bit faster, more explosive, can run between the tackles, can catch, adds another dimension to that offense. I think Baltimore is going to be that offense that could be amazing for running when it comes to Lamar Jackson, aka Konami Code. He might have a great year watching him this preseason. I never liked his passing in college. He yeah. always seemed to have wide open receivers that were just streaking down the field. It seemed to me there was always that like four yard gap between them and the cornerback. I'm like, those are not windows you're going to see in the NFL, son. Sorry. Yep. NFL, you have to hit a small window. You have to be able to place that ball where it goes. Yep. But I watched this preseason. He's hitting more small windows. His accuracy's improved. I'm like, yeah. hey. So going to a home league here that we had a draft three weekends ago, Mm -hmm. I had, you can keep rookies, keep their original round value as long as you keep them. And then you can only have three vets and they move up around each year. Well, I had, I've kept a lot of players. I had a extra third round pick from trading uh, Sammy Watkins the year before. Mm -hmm. I had a, Fourth round pick from trading. They have a strange rule that you can actually trade draft positions. Even if you kept a player, you you can swap positions. So I gave up the 101 because I had Ezekiel Elliott in the first round. Traded with a guy to move back to the ninth pick to him to get 101 so he can take uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Now you say, why didn't you drop Zeke to get Hopkins? Good question. In this league, the week after the NFL draft, whoever finished last had the worst record has to drop off their keepers. And you have seven days from each keeper to turn your keeper moving from worst to first. Wow. First place team is the one who had DeAndre Hopkins. I happened to finish last last year because, well, I took Jimmy Garoppolo injured. <laughs> I had Delvin Cook injured and just had no luck with anything else. I just yeah. kept having bad games. Long story short, third round, sitting there. I have Zeke. I have Delvin Cook. I'm hearing all the Zeke news. Third round comes, well, Miles Sanders is out there. Let me take Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders in the third round could be good value coming up. If not, cut him and move on. Fourth round pick comes. 
I'm looking at my keepers. There's only a 16-man roster at this point, and I have three picks left. I have to kick, take a kicker and a defense by the time the draft's over because you have to have a full roster. And I need a starting quarterback, and I can draft one more receiver. Like, all right, fourth round. I was going to take another running back, but everybody was gone. I was like, eh, the guy who voted against my trade for swapping first-round picks because he was upset. He's a big Oklahoma fan. He wanted Kyler Murray. I take Kyler Murray just to <laughs> take a jab at him. I love it. I just did it because I really didn't care. This it wasn't. This isn't the year for it. Moving on, I think it was the traded back fifth round where I have big Mike Williams. I had the extra pick. I got Paris Campbell. Mike Williams moved up around next year. I just cut him and move on. I'm not going to keep him over DJ Moore unless something yeah. drastically bad happens to DJ Moore. Yeah, I highly doubt that. Get this. This is where it gets fun. Last Tuesday, this Tuesday night, one of the guys in the league posts he's willing to trade Brandon Cooks. Okay. Got the alert on the phone from the app. I'm like, all right, what you looking for? He's like, oh, I need a quarterback. I'm like, yeah, I have Kyler Murray. He's like, I'm willing to trade him. I go, well, we'd have to swap quarterbacks. Which quarterback you willing to swap? He goes, uh, I have Lamar Jackson I'm willing to move. All right. Send me an offer. He offers me Lamar Jackson and Brandon Cooks. If I will trade him Kyler Murray and uh, Pettis, Dante Pettis from San oh Francisco. Gosh. What a deal. I sat there looking at it going, "What a deal. is it wrong to hit except in within the first 30 seconds? <laughs> I go, you never hit except before he hits revoke. Yes. Oh my god. I took it next day at work. I walk in. The guy who's also in the league works across the parking lot from me, comes over and goes, uh, where's your ski mask? What are you talking about? That robbery you pulled off. It's, yeah. uh, it's not a robbery. He's like, it's a robbery. You don't have to lie to me. I mean, you both know you just robbed him. Poor guy. But good I job. That's a great one. Well, this is the kicker. He gets Kyler Murray in fourth round rookie rights. They added that rule last year. We can trade rookie rights the first year. Yeah. I, I now get Lamar Jackson, who has a 14th round value. Oh my. So, which I so moved you got my rid of from the fourth round to the 14th round. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I think I worked out very well. But Lamar yeah. Jackson, hoping, has a healthy year and puts up his thousand yards rushing and, say, 3,800 yards so, passing. That'd be that'd be really good, fantasy wise. What do you think Lamar Jackson's gonna do? Do you think he can stay healthy running as much as they're talking I about? Can, I think he can stay healthy because what differentiates him from RG three is how he can avoid contact, and how he he can actually go out of bounds, and I think he also slides much better than RG three did. I think he's a he's a very very similar player to RG three except he's a little bit smarter and. Um, if you look at his his college days, each and every year he improved his accuracy, his passing percentage. And I think he's going to do the same thing this year uh, as opposed to last year. Plus, last year he was not he didn't start the year as, as the number one, obviously, because of Flacco. So I think he's going to be much, much better as a passer. And I think their O-line is good, and they have a good coach and a good defense. And obviously, good running backs. They have Ingram and Justice Hill and... Dixon and I don't remember who else. Oh, so I think uh, 
Gus the Bust Edwards. Oh, yeah, Mr. Edwards, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think he's actually going to be, I would say, between QB 5 and 8 or 5 and 9 or 6 and 9, something like that this year. He's gonna be I'd good. be fine with that. Yeah, he's getting drafted much, much later than that everywhere. Here's my thing is I've never liked the small, quick, fast-running quarterback. They always feel like they get hurt. Yeah. I always feel like they get hurt. The quarterbacks, I like to use their speed. I feel like Russell Wilson uses it smartly, uses it to buy time, look downfield. I think if Lamar Jackson can do that a little more, I think they've set this team up excellent for him. You got Marquise yep. Brown who can fly down the field. You got Mark Andrews who's faster than he gets credit for. Yeah. Boinkin, I think, is faster and a big target. You've got the targets. You have the right running backs around them. Yep. I actually think, as bad as he is at play calling, uh, Greg Roman, that is his name, right? The offensive coordinator for Baltimore. Yeah. Knows how to open up these things. He played these games with Tyrod, who's a very, yeah. <laughs> much lesser version of Lamar Jackson and Sammy Watkins. Marquise Brown's faster. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. You made Kaepernick look like a very good quarterback. Yeah. He got him his big contract. Yep. Yeah, I think that offense is actually going to surprise people. That, that whole team. A lot of people are talking about how the defense has lost players. But I think the team will be will be a more solid team than they were last year. And their offense is going to be more efficient. You lost CJ Mosley. You replaced him with Kenny Young. Yeah. Kenny Young is not exactly a slouch. It is a downgrade. But you replaced your free safety and Eric Weddle with Earl Thomas. I think yep. that's an upgrade. As much as I think Eric Weddle is a very yeah. good safety, yeah. Earl Thomas is just a ball hawk. Eric Weddle is yeah. more of a strong safety pretending to be free safety. Yeah. He keeps and getting played lost. free safety, but he needs to be a strong safety. He likes to play in the box. He likes to go in there and get dirty. Earl Thomas is going to be back there ball hawking like Ed Reed used to. And he's sure. also going to be the leader. He's going to be the mouth. He's going to make sure guys are in line. Yeah. He's not going to let them have an inch. And that's what yeah. Baltimore needs. And they also lost to Rail Suggs. Yeah, but how old is Terrell Suggs at this point, man? 33, 34. Maybe, I don't remember, but he's old. He is, survey says, he is 36... Years and nine months old. Oh my gosh, I did not realize that. And he's now in Arizona. Yep. Can he still I rush? Hope. I'm sure he still can get to the quarterback here and there, but he is not nearly what he was <laughs> 10 years ago. No, for sure. I did not realize he was this old. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. The defense is going to be good. Yeah, they have. Baltimore is one of those teams that just seems to find guys and replace them. Mm-hmm. Like they just, it'll be week 10. There'll be some guy that has 10 sacks on their team that yeah. last year was sitting on the bench most of the time. Maybe it's, I believe his name's Tim Williams, one of their outside linebackers. They have some depth there. Guys they've drafted, uh, Tyrus Bowser. Mm-hmm. Another one that they've taken in the last couple of years. They have some options. So since I have you here with me, I am in a draft right now, and it's my turn to pick. Let's do this live. Let me open up this draft. Where is it? 
it's a guillotine draft, which means the lowest scorer each week is out. And um, it, all of his players go to the waiver wire. I'm using my iPad to draft, and I don't know where the league is. <laughs> While you're looking for that, my personal thing, when you join a league, I don't know about you, I join leagues, everybody immediately goes and looks at the scoring settings. I look at the scoring settings, but the second thing I go to is I go to, especially on the MFL, I scroll myself over to player stats, and I start looking and tearing players based off of how they scored last year. Because exactly. just a little scoring change in each league can change yeah. how important a player is. And mm-hmm. this is a tip I've given to a bunch of close friends who I've played in leagues. They're like, how did you know take? I'm like, I go into a league. I look at that top somewhere between 50 and 75, depending on how big the league is. I write down how many players of each one there is, you know, how deep each position is. All right, tight end, only five guys scored over 200. All right, you know, where do they fall? If the top three tight ends would be equivalent to a wide receiver two. All right, so I need to look if I want a top tight end and I missed wide receiver two tier, I need to grab a top tight end to replace those points. Yep. I look at things that, that way of where they fall in and what position I need to make sure I fill in to get that top tier guy in points. Make sense to you? or? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's, that's actually... Uh, I discovered this this season uh, when I joined the league that had crazy points for quarterbacks. Uh, so I wanted to kind of see whether to get one in the first round or not. So when I looked at the score, and Mahomes had over 700 points last year. Woo! Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I have to go quarterback in the first round. <laughs> not necessarily, um, though. He has 700. Mm-hmm. Who The top 10 quarterbacks, next, I mean, if you go Matt from Ryan, 2 to 10, Matt Ryan their was points. number 2 in that one. Matt Ryan was after him. He had 600-something, or maybe like the upper 500s, I remember. So I took Matt Ryan, but like maybe in late second round, which is really good value. I don't know why he's such an undervalued player. He's always in the top three, and he gets picked always in like between seven and ten or like six and nine or something like that. And this year, I think he's going to be more efficient because... uh, I hope that Julio can stay healthy. And I think Ridley, I know he's not liked in these quarters, but Ridley is probably a decent player. And Hooper, I think maybe he can break out this year. So I think Matt Ryan, for me, is probably the this, uh, the quarterback that will surprise people. He's not going to surprise people because he's good, but he's somebody that can definitely beat his ADP and can be good value. So if you... Don't want to take a quarterback until the sixth or the seventh round, which can be early for some people, but you can get somebody who will probably be in top three. Now, especially without Andrew Luck, I would probably say my top three would be Mahomes, Watson, and and Matt Ryan. Hmm. Um, so guess who I'm going to pick here? All right. Um, round again. Uh, we are in the fourth round, and this is 17 people in this league. So the fourth round, and I have pick number seven, which makes it uh, the 55th, 55th pick. And I'm All going right, super to go... Super flex, tight end premium, anything like no, that? Nope. Just regular... PPR? Yeah. PPR, yep. Four you got so far. I have Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, and Aaron Jones. Wow. Well, definitely got a nice one-two wide receiver. Yeah. 
I think I'm going to go with Duke Johnson. Is he the best running back on the board? Yeah. Uh, beyond him, there is Darius Geis, who I don't want to touch at this point, and Mark Ingram. Actually, no, Mark Ingram is gone. Darius Geis yeah. didn't look bad in the couple clips I saw. I didn't no, I didn't but, see his final numbers. I didn't see I, uh, the actual play-by-play, so I didn't get to see the whole plays. I saw the highlight reel, so I, I know highlight reels always make players look great. They do. I love him, and all my colleagues are Deadskins fans. And, you know, I actually like guys a lot, but this offense and this offensive line, and... They have an offensive line? Wait a minute, breaking news. Washington Redskins? They have one. They have Brendan Sheriff. That's it. That's all they have. Beyond him. You call them the Redskins or the Deadskins? The Deadskins. That's great. I've not heard that. (laughs) I'm going to use it. Everybody here calls them the Deadskins. Um, yeah, I, I just don't trust that team at all. And guys in Dynasty is great, but this year they have him, they have AP, they have um, Chris Thompson. I just and they have I love Chris Thompson, Ryan. but the man can't stay healthy. He cannot stay healthy, that's for sure. Maybe now Houston will will offer them something for AP. I think it would be a great fit for for uh, for Houston, but guys. Opportunity-wise, I don't think he's going to have it this year. But he's a really, really good player. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I took Duke Johnson already. Oh, there you go. Now you got your two running backs, your two wide receivers. Yep. Next but you were just saying go Duke had a hamstring injury, so you got to hope that heals up. Yeah, they said that it's not that bad, that he should be good for, for, uh, for week one. Yeah. Um, we should so how many start drafts do you have going on? Up. Uh, right now, I just got one. It's a slow draft. Tomorrow, I have two in the evening. They're both... Uh, one, of my, one is one of my home leagues, and the other one is with some buddies that I met this summer via the fantasy world. Um, 7.30 and 10.30 p.m. So, it's going to be a nice evening. And there you next go. week, I think I have three or four, and that's it, obviously. Now it's the home stuff, and this is where I would much, much rather, even if there's no money involved, <laughs> I would much rather win these than win the other ones. Um, yeah, my my original league, that the very first Dynasty League I played in, is the draft just got kicked off today. It's the one on Flea Flicker because none of them want to pay any money, and they don't want to put any money up. And none of them know because none of them are in this, but this is my last year. I'm all in. I traded in the offseason. It's a quarterback-heavy scoring league. I traded Derrick Henry and Tyler Lockett to get Drew Brees. And you're like, that's a lot. But I also, at the time, Ezekiel Elliott was not a holdout. I have James Conner. I had Jalen Samuel. I have Dak Prescott. I actually just completed a trade yesterday. I traded Sammy Watkins in a fourth-round pick. I got Leonard Fournette in a seventh-round pick. That's really good. I love that. Well, this scoring's a little different. uh, This scoring's a little different. You actually lose points per carry. Your running back has to average at least 2.7 yards per carry to get plus or get positive points. Wow. So you really need effective running backs. But uh, I took Leonard Fournette just as Ezekiel Elliott insurance, but my wide receivers, I have Michael Thomas, Alshon Jeffrey. But then I have on my bench Chris Godwin, D.D. Westbrook, Allen Robinson, Cortland Sutton, Chris Christian Kirk, Kiki Kuti, Trey Quinn, 
I've been just wow. stacking them. So a, to me, a, to me, Watkins was not a make or break guy to have to have on my yeah. roster anymore. To be able maybe, to get maybe Fournette will be like Father says a good post hype sleeper this year. I think he that's will be. what I'm hoping. I'm as everybody will learn. I'm a long suffering Jacksonville fan. I was not happy when we drafted Fournette because I live here. I heard all the injuries with his legs and stuff. Supposedly, all the offseason talk is he cleaned up his life, cut people out that were problem makers and held him back from things, and he reapplied himself to different workouts and getting into shape and doing more things to stretch out. And All I can do is hope it's true and that he really did all this. Yeah. That's all anything is in the offseason is hope and hype. I never thought about it that way, but that's really true. I mean, we go, everybody goes, we all go on that roller coaster. It's hope and hype. Yeah. We should name the podcast Hope and Hype. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, let's do that. That's great. The entire, not just the episode, the entire show, Hope and Hype. (laughs) That's all you really do. And like we touched on, maybe our thing is I tier players by, not only by how I like them, how I project them, but how they score in each league. Just yeah. as an example, you were talking how much Patrick Mahomes plays. My highest buy-in league, Patrick Mahomes scored 451. Next highest quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger at 384. Just about four and a half point difference per game between them. But from number two quarterback, Ben, to number 10, Kirk Cousins, it's a three-point drop, three-and-a-half point drop. Three-and-a-half points, you can make that up anywhere. So I'm always for weight on a quarterback. My other league that has scoring, Patrick Mahomes, 416, 34 points a game. Big Ben, 363, 30 points a game. 4.5 point difference there from 2 to 10. Again, Kirk Cousins at 10, 26 points. Exactly four-point difference there per game. Not end of the world going from two to ten. Do I want to start Kirk Cousins? No. I think they're going to run the ball a lot more, and Kirk Cousins is a rhythm quarterback to me. I don't believe he's going to be picking teams apart like he was. He needs to throw the ball a lot, and he needs to be in a rhythm. I'm selling everything on Kirk Cousins, and I'm buying Delvin Cook. I believe in that talent. I think he's going to have a great year. Minnesota will overpay him, and he will get hurt again. He had an 88-yard touchdown today. There you go. I think this is his year. It's his third year in the league, correct? Yep. It's now or never. He recovered from the ACL. Yep. going to have a huge year. They're going to pick up his fifth-year option. They'll end up paying him. This is year two of Kirk Cousins' experiment of 100% guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. Adam Thielen will drop off some. I think Diggs yep. steps up. Yep. I think Chad Beebe. Apparently, his off-season hype. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I bought. I I got some shares of him, but it was in very deep <laughs> leagues, and yeah, it was off way the wire. I was like, eh, I'll stash him and see what happens. We don't use shares, okay? Hello. <laughs> um, so I buy, I have I buy you, sell. <laughs> I'm going to be selfish and use your knowledge here. Uh, this is for my home league, my biggest home league, and I am in the ninth spot. So the scoring is as follows. For example, last year, Mahomes had 631 points. 
the next quarterback was Ben, Big Ben. He had 525, and then Matt Ryan, 520, and then Andrew, 492. And you don't see the next player until Saquon, 440, and McCaffrey, 429, Gurley, 428. And then the number one receiver was Tyreek Hill with 404. Hopkins, 391. You get a lot of bonus points here for 50 yard, for 100 yards, 150, 200, and then 40 yard touchdowns and things like that. That's why Hale is the number one receiver. So at nine, what would you do? So nine and I guess nine and 15 would be my first two picks. Well, you've drafted with these guys year in, year out. You know yeah, some of their tendencies at this point. I would imagine Mahomes is going to be gone in the first round. And after that, it's probably going to be Saquon. McCaffrey, I think that I will have a chance at either Hopkins or Devontae or Tyreek Hill. Last year, I, I wanted to go. Uh, sorry, go on. If all those receivers are there, mm-hmm. it's got to be Nuke, DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. followed by Adams or Juju. Yep. I, To me, if receivers score that much, and you can wait on running back. Here's the thing. Do you believe they're all going to buy into the death of Todd Gurley? Um, I think Gurley will probably be gone in the second round. All right. He's there's someone, this one guy. There's one, one guy. guy in the league who, who won thanks to Gurley two years ago. And last year, he got Gurley again, and he messed him up in the playoffs. He lost in the championship because <laughs> Gurley wasn't there. But he still says, in Gurley, I trust. Is he bluffing? I don't know. And he, hey, he's maybe he'll take he's him in the 12. first round for you. He's at 12, and, and, and obviously. So he's at 112 and then 12-1. Yeah, the turn. I hope he takes him. Yeah, he's at the turn. He'll probably take him at the turn then. But I I believe that Ty Gurley is not dead yet. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, it's a hill I'm going to die on. And it's funny you say that. I actually won the championship two years ago and lost in the finals last year. <laughs> but here's the difference. Two years ago, I won it without Odell Beckham. Last year, I not only had no Odell Beckham, I had no Todd Gurley. Every other running back I had was injured. I had to start Daryl Williams. was the only one I had left wow. at that point. And here's the worst part. I was at my f- first NFL game I've ever went to live, sitting in a suite provided by wow. a certain shipping company, watching live Ben Roethlisberger throwing his last passes to Antonio Brown, and I was facing both of them in a league. And then those two single-handedly put up, I think, 140 points for the scoring in that league for that one game. And I still only lost by 10 points. So if Gurley had just ran one touchdown in from 30 yards, if Odell had just, you know, made a couple catches, I might have won back-to-back. But I had to watch firsthand as my championship hopes got blown away. Wow. And that is why I do not care what happened to Antonio Brown's feet. <laughs> yep, I'm with you. So in this league last year, I wanted I had the third pick, so I went David Johnson there. And then at Oof. the top of the second, I guess in the bottom of the second, I took Kelsey. And then third, I took Ertz. So I had the double tight end, and he was one of them in the flex, which was really good. But I took Hogan in the sixth. I will never forget and Hogan messed me up so bad uh, because I relied on him. I didn't really have receivers. And so I went running back, tight end, tight end. Um, 
And I think I may have gone running back in the fourth too, I don't remember. But uh, Hogan messed me up a lot. And somebody dropped Robert Woods, so I picked him up. And then somebody dropped Kerryon Johnson, and I picked him up. And they became thank solid you, for and me. Thank you. Yeah, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Again, like I said, you cannot expect things in the first few weeks out of your rookies. To me, rookies are those playoff push, playoff winning players that you have to stash and sit on. If you're expecting your rookies to carry you the first six to eight weeks of the season, you're going to miss the playoffs and you're going to be mad at them. I think this applies perfectly to Miles Sanders this year. Yeah, I don't expect him to come out the gates early. I think they're going to run Jordan Howard against even though everybody's going to be screaming. They're going to pound the ball with them. They're going to run, run, run. I think Sanders gets a few points here and there, a couple of highlights. And then Howard's either going to get injured or they're just going to give him, while Sanders, the chance, week six, eight, and you're slowly going to see the swing, the pendulum go from one side to the other, and all of a sudden it's going to be week 13, and you're, I'm starting Miles Sanders in the playoffs or going into the playoffs. Depending on how your league runs. Um, so let's wrap this up. I think we have about an hour and a half now, which is great. Yeah, that'll give you plenty of stuff to cut out because I'm sure we have plenty of <laughs> bonehead things we've said or yeah. dead time. Yep. Who is the one player or maybe two players that you don't want to finish your drafts without having them, without drafting them? Rookie or complete draft? Complete draft. Redraft. Redraft at their current value. I don't want to miss out on Tiger Lee in the late second, early third, where he's going. Wow. Okay. I really, I'm not, I'm not buying that he's dead. I okay. just, I do not buy it. It's a hill I'm going to die on. Everybody else who's running away from him, I'll gladly take that fire and I'll take him at the cheap rate. I'm willing to take the risk at that point. He's coming to me late second, early third, all day. My wife actually started playing three years ago. She had her redraft the other night and she was doing her draft on her tablet next to me, not asking me anything. And all of a sudden she's like, hey, I'm in the third round. Why is Todd Gurley out there? I'm like, (laughs) people are scared of his knee. She's like, should I be? I'm like, I'm not. She goes, I'm going to draft him. I'm like, that's probably a good idea. She got him, I think it was mid-third round, just absolute steal. I would take that every day. That's robbery, actually. And the other guy I love to have, if I can get him every time, is Keenan Allen. All Mm. all he does is catch passes. Chris Carter used to catch nothing but touchdowns. Keenan Allen just catch passes all day. He does. He gets fed. He gets fed. Philip Rivers blanket, he just catches stuff. If I have those two guys this year, I'd be happy. I'm not saying I want the first and second round, but I'm would you take him? If I get Keenan Allen in the third, I'm very happy. So going back to my selfish question earlier in that league that the at the ninth spot, my idea, my ideal first three rounds would be Devontae Adams or Hopkins or Tyreek Hill. And then second round, Odell or Juju. Hopefully Juju if he's available. Third round, Keenan Allen. And then fourth round, uh, a running back. 
maybe I don't know who's available there. Maybe Carry On Johnson. Maybe um, I can't think of anybody else in that range now. If you start that, might as well go ahead and start telling them how to engrave your name on the trophy. (laughs) It's over. Just ship it in. That's the plan because I know that these people are probably going to be going RB heavy early on. And I've been a big believer in modified zero RB or full on zero RB, especially now that there's a big hype on the running backs. Yep. Where were you my fiddle? I believe in Kittle completely. I do not believe that San Francisco is running on full capacity right now. And I never saw the chemistry with Garoppolo. So truthfully, for this season, if it's a redraft, he'd be like my tight end five or six. Wow. I like Hunter Henry over him. I like Ingram over him. I like Kelsey over him. Mm -hmm. I just... Ertz? How about Ertz? He's going to have less targets. Yeah. I think they're going to work Goddard in more. Wentz seemed to like Goddard when he was playing. So did Foles. I mean, Foles loves the tight end. He'd probably be about my... Sorry, go on. No, go ahead. Let's go back to Foles. Speaking of Foles, who is your tight end now in Jacksonville? They say it is Jeff Swain as the number one. He was in Dallas last year. Correct. I believe he got hurt early on. And you have... Josh Oliver, who they drafted, but yeah. he's been hurt. I believe if he starts playing, Foles will use him quite a bit. Interesting. Yeah, because I always... Wrist fracture as of week 11 last year, missed six games, but he also had an MCL sprain that he missed two games. So he missed eight games last year with injuries. Hmm. Six foot four, 242, 58th percentile, 40 yard dash, 45th percentile speed score, 83rd percentile burst score. No breakout age. He's currently 25. Mm. So I think maybe this could be his year. What was that? Maybe this could be his year. It if could Foles be. likes the tight end, and 25 is a good age for a tight end if he gets no injuries. Definitely. Here's my thing. I think we end the show on. The most controversial player currently in the NFL, Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dynasty. You buying or selling? I, I'm selling. You're selling? Yeah. You're the seller. I'm the buyer. Really? But I bought him... I bought him before everything. Oh, was it like for what? For like a fourth rounder? <laughs> like a rookie No, I actually, <laughs> when it first happened, I was like, damn. And like, as the information came out, I just, I got that weird feeling. I'm like, something not adding up here. Just something did not feel right with this situation. And then things kind of happened. Things were quiet for a while. And I'm like, Kansas City has not released him. They have a very short leash. They proved that with Cream Hunt. I'm like, something's not adding up. They they wasted no time with Cream Hunt. What was it? 24 hours, if that? Yeah, not even. 
it was just one of those weird feelings. I took the risk. I was like, I'm going to buy him where I can get him. I traded the 106 in a 32-team, two-copy league for him. I needed wide receivers bad, so it was well worth the risk to me. Mm-hmm. So it's also a one-player Devy, so most of the receivers were gone. So there was no getting a Paris Campbell. There would have been someone like Isabella. I'd rather take the risk on Hill than Isabella. I like Isabella. I got him in a lot of leagues. But if we're just talking risk versus reward, I'll take Tyreek Hill all day. Got him there. I got him in a another league for two, like a second and a third. And in other leagues, no one really, they were all afraid to move him. But what really sealed it in that I'm willing to buy him is this guy sat down with Roger Goodell, Satan himself, who loves to suspend players for just looking at him funny. Brought some kind of evidence, or apparently he maybe maybe he has the videotapes of the other guy who went to the massage parlors with uh, Robert Kraft. Maybe it's Goodell, and he just was like, hey, I got videotapes of you. But somehow walked away with no suspension. You do that, something's not right. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. That if he correct. did it to the kid, I hope someone knocks his block off and yep. he gets what's coming to him. But something just doesn't add up to me on this. So when I answered your question, it was mostly to, you know, related to the actual player outside of his off-field incidents. I just feel like what he's you been don't doing... Believe in his talent? No, I, I really believe in his talent. But I just don't know how sustainable it is. That's what it is for me. I think it's very sustainable because they run him all sorts of routes. He's not just running the Deshaun, Deshaun mm-hmm. Jackson routes. Now, Kansas City trades him or does not re-sign him and pay him. I don't want any part of him. I don't think he ends up in the right offense for him. Yeah, so He's going to he, go he where would... the money's at, and it's probably going to be an extremely bad fit. Yeah. He'll end like up somewhere. Maybe the Jaguars. <laughs> Exactly. Um, <laughs> like I said, I'm a Jaguars fan. I actually yeah. personally, I like Doug Marone. I love running the football. But yeah. this is 2019 in the NFL, and you have to be able to pass the ball and come up with great plays. And that is not the offense they run. Yep. Even with Filippo, who hopefully brings that 60% passing and that magic he had with Foles that year that they went to the Super Bowl and won after the wins injury. I don't have my hopes on even the playoffs, but I'm hoping to see, you know, signs of life and that we're not going to run the ball on third and 12. Maybe, you know, actually try and pick up on those. But just to establish um, the hills I will die on this year are Todd Gurley's knee is not as bad as everybody thinks. Tyree Kill. Is somehow innocent because Roger Goodell didn't touch him, or he has some great evidence on him. <laughs> okay. What hill are you dying on this year? Who's your? Who's my broke back this year? Uh it should probably be Chris Godwin. I I'm not leaving any drafts without him. I have him everywhere. There you go. Last year I had him in a lot of leagues. Uh. This year, I have him in Dynasty pretty much probably. And I think he's my highest owned player, 42% or something like that, which is a lot. 
let's see, I'm trying to think about some. Oh yeah, the other player, probably the player that I like the most is Hunter Henry this year. I'm with I you think, there. I think he's pro- he's gonna score at least twelve touchdowns and have seven or eight hundred yards, if not more. Um, when this on my least favorite league in the way of it's because it's only a 10 team league Ugh. <laughs> but too easy everybody's stacked that's my yeah. thing is everybody is stacked so when you're like uh uh well i've got this this and this yeah cool uh so does everybody else yep. but we voted we're going to be expanding in the next couple of years. But you tell me how you think this worked out. Okay. I had Travis Kelsey, the guy who's my biggest competition. I traded him to. He gave me Kareem Hunt, Rashad Penny, Dallas Goddard, Chris Herndon, and draft pick 109. I gave him Travis Kelsey. I love it. I think Goddard will be – Kelsey is what? going to be 30 or something like that yep. soon. Uh, yep. Goddard is the future in tight end. I think he's a better player than Ertz already. And Ertz, I think this might be his last year with Philly if he doesn't resign. Yep. Um, who else you got? Penny. Ah, man, I love Penny, but Carson seems like he has a... Well, the good news is Penny is not my starter. This was just a death move hoping yeah. I hit on something. Yeah. But this I is a trade I made just about eight days ago to redeem myself because I was like, ah, I really don't want to go in playing musical tight ends. Yeah. I traded Naheem Hines, Anthony Miller, Dallas Goddard, Irv Smith Jr. in my 2020 round one, which will hopefully be pick 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got I got Chase Edmonds, David Johnson, and Hunter Henry. Wow. So you flipped Kelsey to... Chase Edmonds and Henry and DJ, pretty yep. much. So I now this is this is my running backs. I have James Conner, Leonard Fournette, Royce Freeman, Dontrell Hilliard. Thank you, Podfather. Kareem Hunt, David Johnson, Kirion Johnson, Sony Michelle, Rashad Penny. Fuck, you are. I'm gonna start calling you Stack City. That's that's a lot of good running backs. Who are your receivers there? Yep. I, this is another league. I traded Kenny Galladay and got Tyreek Hill when all that stuff happened. What? I'm I'm not a Kenny Galladay believer. Sorry, no Kenny G here. Not listening to those soft. Not listening to that saxophone. Sorry. My wide receivers there. I have these are my main ones: Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Dante Moncrief, Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Thomas, Justin Watson, Dee Westbrook, and then. My taxi squad, I still have A.J. Brown, Paris Campbell, Christian Kirk, Debo Samuel, oh my gosh. James Christian Washington. Taxi squad? <laughs> it's a 50-man taxi squad. I just, they let players slip and they move back into the draft and get them easy enough. And Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I got A.J. Brown at 108. I took Paris Campbell at 106. All the, all the running backs were gone that I wanted at that point. I know, I know some people's rules about you know not willing to wait for a wide receiver to develop, but when you have the space and can let them do it, why not? Might as well. Might as well. 
I mean, end of the day, wide receivers' lifespans, what, almost three times the average running back? Yep. Wow. But like I said, everybody's stacked. Yeah. But you want to hear the done. worst? You want to hear the worst 10 team roster ever? Tell me. The, the guy that I told you traded, Andrew Luck and Kirion, he owned this team in this league that he got kicked out of. So that just tells you what kind of owner it was. <laughs> Quarterbacks, Bridgewater, Mariota, Kyler Murray, Trubisky. Running wow. backs, running backs, CJ Anderson, Ronald Jones, Wendell Smallwood. Do I really need to go on? Please. I'm excited to hear the receivers. Callaway, Kiki Kuti, Philip Dorsett, Anunwa, Foster, Taylor Gabriel, Rashad Higgins, David Moore, Cordell Patterson, Paul Richardson, Traquan Smith, Trent Taylor, Preston Williams. They're all receivers four, like wide receiver four, five, six, all of them. Which, if this was a 16-team league, uh, you know, you're middle of the pack. Yeah, I get this it. is a 10-team league. You don't have wow. a wide receiver two. Who did he pick in the first round, this guy? Uh, this year, I believe it was... This year, he didn't have a first-round pick, and he doesn't have a first-round pick next year. Do you know why? Ask me why. Come on. He, he gave it to you when you gave him Murray? No. Last year, he traded his 2019 first. Or actually, he traded his 2018 second, his 2019 first, his 2020 first, and Taewon Taylor for the rights to trade into the first round, which he didn't have a first round last year, to draft Ronald Jones. Wow. How about that? That's a great investment. That's also like a league killer. Like, we all <laughs> saw that trade and were like, man, if there was ever a trade you pull out a veto on, it's this guy not realizing what he's doing. That was well, some talk between some owners. No one actually ever said, we need to veto this in public to the league because it was just one of those where everybody needed to blow off steam talking about how bad the trade was. 